Hello everyone and welcome to another week of Choose Happy podcast. It is back to just me this week, so I hope you're not disappointed with that, it's just little old me. Um, This week I thought I would go a little bit more into if recovery is worth it basically and a slightly more in-depth story just of my recovery because I know I have done my brief overview I've done from start to finish of my eating journey but a few of you have asked slightly more of what exactly the recovery part entails so I just thought I would do that this week so starting my recovery I was 21 yes I was I was 21 and it was I think about the September October time of 2019 I had been poorly for years by this point I'd been all through my college struggles I'd been abusing laxatives um, and it was about within the 12 months before my actual diagnosis is when it started to get worse with my vomiting and I'd not really been doing that much before and this started to become slightly harder to hide and it was generally I would say maybe 80% of the time it was on nights out or if I'd had a drink so it's that kind of became slightly easier for me to hide because I would just be able to say oh it's all right I've just been sick because like I've had a drink and obviously that is quite normal people are sick when they've had a drink however I then went on maybe four or five nights out with one particular friend and this was it's very unlike me actually I don't normally go on that many nights out in a row but I feel like it was one weekend after the other or there was like I think there was a friend's housewarming one weekend and then there was a birthday or there was just a lot of things all at once and she started to notice that a little bit more Um, like I would go to the bathroom and then she would kind of look at me and be like have you just been sick I'd say yeah yeah, yeah. And I'd just kind of think it off and be like oh yeah it's just because I've had a drink or whatever but if anyone knows this particular friend she is like the FBI and I know any female is like this but she is so determined she will find out anything she does not let it go friends are her like number one priority like everyone being okay is a number one priority so she was just not having this and they started to become, Caitlin, that's not really normal. You've only had one drink or you've only had two drinks and you didn't even say you felt sick. You didn't seem like you were even that drunk or it would start to be, why did you do it? And then I didn't really have reasons other than, oh, I just don't like being drunk or even if I wasn't. So this then, she eventually started saying, Caitlin, I think you have got an issue with eating and being sick. So you need to go to the doctors. This was then, obviously, if anyone is struggling and someone tries to tell you, that was very abruptly followed by, if you really thought I was struggling, you would never tell me like this. And I was very instantly defensive. I would go straight into this little hole and like 
no, because you clearly don't care about me. You're making me poorly by saying this. It's not nice. I don't want to be around you. And then eventually I said, right, I'm going to go to the doctors because I actually said, I'm going to prove you wrong. But deep down, and the doctor said this to me when I got there, there was a part of me that knew there 100% was. There was a part of me that thought there is something wrong with me and someone has noticed it now. So I'm going to go and I'm just going to see what they say. So I went to the GP and the GP called me in. I said, um, one of my friends has mentioned to me about my eating, maybe being slightly disordered or like vomiting and purging. I didn't really know the exact words of things then, but it's easy to explain using them now. So don't worry if you don't know all the terminology. That is not why I went into the GP saying, so don't worry. Um, she was lovely. I could not have got a nicer doctor. And it just by a chance happened to be a woman. However, looking back, I do personally think I would recommend if you are a woman or a girl to ask for a female doctor because it just made me feel slightly more comfortable and I wasn't I didn't ask for it and I wasn't preempting it but I am really glad now when I look back that it was a female doctor because she just had that different level of empathy and she was soft and she was just really nice um she just asked me some brief questions about my habits and just a general brief overview. Um, she did weigh me. However, she was so lovely. She just said, you don't have to look. She said, you just stand on the scales. I just need to have a rough idea for if you ever come back here. Um, if you're uncomfortable, take your time. She got me a glass of water. She, It wasn't pushy. It wasn't hard. And in the end, I didn't actually look because I knew that it would trigger me because I'd probably already weighed myself twice that day and I'm sure my appointment was later on in the day and if I obviously naturally we do gain our weight is heavier in the evening because we've eaten and drank all day but that would have that would have been the end of the world to me so I didn't look um and then she spoke me through what would happen next which was you are sent for blood tests to check vitamin levels, iron levels, um, organ function, heart function, all the general like health basics really. And then I was referred to the Warrington Eating Disorder Clinic. That then took maybe two weeks, might not even been that. It's really quick for anyone that's ever gone through like CAMS or NHS mental health services don't be put off by that because I do know their wait times I've been through them myself are ridiculous you can wait nine months for an appointment and by then you've got a whole other set of issues the eating disorder clinic in my experience was really quick it was like two weeks which gave me a little bit of time as well to kind of wrap my head around it um they then after a couple of weeks send you out a letter you ring them to make an appointment that appointment was then maybe a week or two after that so that appointment you go in I think it's four but it might be three you have three or four 
assessment sessions basically which are a little bit they're not like therapy but they kind of are they're just more talky and then really delving and getting to know you essentially and they are to assess one what recovery is best for you like which pathway is best and two if you actually are in a place where you can recover right now and that is something you want to do because if you are not ready or you don't want to do it so you feel like you're being forced it can actually be a little bit more detrimental for you to try because it can make you delve a lot deeper into those eating disorder habits so some people do kind of have to go away for three or four months or whatever and then come back um, but I would really urge anyone, if possible, to like really try. So in those appointments, they weighed me the first time. And then I think I had one a week for four weeks, say. They only weighed me the first time and did my height and etc. Um, checked through my blood work and just spoke to me. And then after that, I was then put on the pathway of a guided recovery so what that means is they are there and they are so supportive they are 100% into your recovery but it is guided by them and most of the work and the focus is on yourself to do it so it's not them ringing you every day saying have you eaten you need to eat this you need to eat that it's them giving you the tools and the support so that you can do it yourself which I found a lot less overwhelming than I thought because if you're anything like me you really overthink I was terrified I didn't have very much prior knowledge I mean I knew the basics and I'd had some friends that had struggled with eating disorders in the past but not similar to me they'd gone maybe down the anorexia route and that is that can be quite different I was terrified that I was going to go to that GP and they were going to lock me up instantly I thought I'm going to go to this GP I'm never going to I'm not going to come home and they're just going to send me straight off to the clinic and I'll be stuck in there and then I won't be able to come home until I can eat and that terrified me and it just put me off and I was like I'm not going because I'm not ready I can't I can't just go and be stuck in a place and then be forced to eat it's not I can't do it. So once I'd finally got to this point of a guided recovery, don't get me wrong, I was still terrified, it's horrible, and there is a strong part of you. You always want to recover, but the eating disorder voice inside you doesn't want you to recover, and you don't want to do the work. It's It's hard to explain, but I feel like if anyone's gone through it or is going through it, you will understand, or if you've had any other similar struggles, you obviously want to get better, but the thought of doing what you have to do to get better is very overwhelming, which is why, obviously, everyone's recovery is different, and I'm not advocating this method for anyone, just for any eating disorder, you would have to go and speak to a professional, but for me, this really did help, because a strong part of having an eating disorder is the control that you think you have you think I can control exactly what I eat exactly what I want to weigh exactly how much exercise I do 
so that was where my fear stemmed from in that if I went into an institution that would all just be gone so a guided recovery is exactly what it says on the tin they guide you but you do it so you work through a book which I've actually packed it away somewhere I do still read through it sometimes but I can't remember what it's called I think it's the guide to or how to stop binge eating maybe I'll find that out and I'll um, pop it on my Instagram story so that is a five-part journey and then a three-part um, conclusion bit at the end so that comes with I can't remember off the top of my head but the first one I think is regular eating so this is essentially you'll be given a food diary probably on your first appointment which please 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 prepare and do not be disheartened that this may trigger you because it 100% did for me writing down what I had to eat everything I ate everything I drank was so overwhelming for me that I probably went slightly backwards which is also normal I could not look at what I'd wrote down I thought oh my god I've eaten a piece of toast for breakfast and seeing that I'd had breakfast lunch tea I would be like that's so much that's so much and I'd be so ashamed and getting really worked up about going back in and showing her this food diary because she would briefly read over it and kind of ask me oh why is there a gap there how did you feel that day or you've done well this day or etc so don't be disheartened if that makes you slightly flustered at first that's normal um yeah so the first one is just regular eating so this is breakfast lunch dinner with snacks in between now that sounds so much to someone that is geared to restricting however at first it is not about the nutrition of what you're eating or the volume of what you're eating it is getting yourself in the routine of eating and it just being anything so it does not matter if you had so that's five that's five points of eating throughout the day and you can't go more than I think it was two hours you're not meant to go two or three hours you're not meant to go without eating because then that can start creating false hunger cues and it can make you then want to have the urge to binge so but for any of those five it does not matter what it is so breakfast could be one biscuit your snack could be um one banana but then your lunch could be a nando's and then it just it does not matter what it is or the volume at first it's just the getting used to the regularity of eating so that you're getting out of that i have to restrict all day and then it makes you binge towards the end of the day so this was probably i think this was probably my hardest part which is obviously it's the start so it wasn't the easiest but and I think anyone would agree obviously everyone's eating is different but I was not in that pattern whatsoever I thought regular eating I'm just going to gain so much weight and I feel like I skipped over that earlier that is obviously also a major part of why I was terrified of going in for recovery because I didn't want to gain weight that was my biggest fear obviously because that is the whole ethos behind having an eating disorder you just don't want to gain weight 
and I thought they're just gonna I'm gonna go in they're gonna make me gain half a stone that's how they're gonna then class me as healthy and then I'm gonna come out and I'm just gonna be fat and disgusting and I'll just feel exactly the same which obviously does not happen I'll delve into that a little bit more so I found regular eating really really hard I'm also very much not a breakfast person I really I love going out for breakfast but I really don't love breakfast foods I'm just not a like bacon kind of person or I just I don't often wake up in the morning and think I want to eat because I just don't um so that was my downfall I would wake up and I'd be generally kind of okay from maybe 12 so I'd be able to do my um lunch snack dinner snack so I'd kind of adapt it a little bit and they did tell me that was okay in the end they said I still need to be doing the same amount of meals but if I didn't want to have my breakfast until 11 and then I could have my lunch at one or two that was okay so they are they guide you it's flexible don't think everyone's is the same so if you want to have breakfast at 7am that's fine if you don't want to eat your first thing till 11 like I did that is also fine and it is about finding those things that work for you so for me now in fact, a little bit of coffee ASMR. Every day now, I have a iced caramel macchiato. I've got really good at making them, by the way. Um, and a brunch bar. Sometimes I'll have cereal. If I have cereal, it is 99% of the time chocolate. The only thing I want when I wake up in the morning is something sweet. I don't want eggs or anything like that and avocado on toast makes me want to vomit I really want to like it I really really want to like it because I don't know it's just it's very cool everyone likes it and whatever I just don't I hate it I hate the texture it's so mushy and I just feel like I'm eating baby food it's all so soft I uh, no I'm making myself gag thinking about it it's not for me not putting anyone down that likes it because you're clearly way cooler than me um so that is fine if I want to wake up in the morning and have chocolate that's what I want I now have a chocolate brunch bar which is like a breakfast bar that's fine it's part of my regular eating it's in there now and then sometimes I will have cereal also or sometimes it can depend what shift I'm on at work but that has took me a really long time to find that and to be honest I would say that routine has only actually really come maybe in the last 12 months as well so that was quite a way into my recovery but I was still doing the regular eating that took me maybe it's hard to remember now actually I think that was maybe two weeks it took me to start getting slightly more used to the regular eating and then they move you on to um the next step And I won't go through every step because we'll be here all day. But the steps then become, um, you actually then start looking at what you are eating. So I was referred to a dietitian, and this is where they would start to go through your blood work, of which I was deficient in um, everything, basically. I also had really low levels of hormones. 
because I just wasn't, I didn't have anything in my body to be producing all of those things. I had iron deficiencies, I was low on all my vitamins, um, my heart was under strain, um, I don't think my kidneys were functioning as they should be, nothing was working properly basically and those things are just not things you can see and I knew honestly if you knew me I felt unwell all the time and I knew I felt unwell all the time but you can't see it and I can't see that when I looked at myself in the mirror I couldn't see Caitlin you're a few months away from possibly giving yourself a heart attack from the strain you're putting your body under you can't see that and you don't want to see that because you want to see I'm skinny I'm healthy I look great because I didn't eat anything yesterday so that is what you tell yourself that's what you allow yourself to see and so this part is about making sure you're getting slightly more of what you should be getting so that you're not eating a little bit throughout the day and then a lot at night and it creates that binging atmosphere it's making sure that you are getting in slightly more nutrition and benefit from what you're eating so this can be where you start to feel things are getting not out of control but this is can be slightly overwhelming so that is totally normal allow yourself to feel those feelings and then allow yourself to let them go that was one thing I always wanted to do I never wanted to not allow myself to feel anything because all of our feelings are valid and I didn't want to teach myself that if in the future I started to get those feelings that I couldn't handle them so what I do now is if I get a negative feeling I allow myself to feel that and to think it but then I say is this feeling benefiting me is it protecting me from something or is it bringing me any strength and joy and if it's not then I go okay I felt it I've allowed it to happen I'm letting it go so that bit was then hard also obviously all the steps are hard I'm not gonna lie um and then you go on to ones about self-acceptance and self like appreciation which is where you start looking at body checking and you start like ticking things down when you do that and like looking in a mirror or if you're constantly checking your measurements and things like that um weight so weighing yourself um if it's the same as me you will be told not to weigh yourself more than once a week because it isn't actually beneficial it's the only way to accurately record whether your weight is fluctuating or not because if you weigh yourself day to day it can just be water changes or for women hormonal changes or if you've eaten something quite salty the day before you retain more water things like that so once a week then that goes on to whether you are feeling more ready to end whether you feel strong there's kind of a maintaining element of it where you've got to have maintained it for quite a while and working on triggers so triggers for me were in the past it was different because once I actually fully started my recovery I was single um, I'd so a lot of my triggers were gone because a lot of them were um, related to my past relationship and feeling very out of control and manipulated and just that being a very toxic environment I was very 
um controlled and emotionally um manipulated in that situation so for me I had no control and I felt very vulnerable and very weak so that was my element of creating control back so for me it was any situation that made me feel like that again and drinking was a massive trigger because you for one lose your inhibitions a little bit when you do have a drink we all know this and two it was easy to hide it had been my scapegoat it was also how I got caught but it was my scapegoat because if I'd had a drink it's acceptable then it was my kind of little my cheat sheet oh I've had a drink it's fine I'm allowed to be sick um so that was probably something that was hard to work on because I would go into my appointments and they would say oh well just don't have a drink it's fine like you need to kind of get rid of that trigger until you start to be able to feel better and control it a bit more or just know when to stop but the problem with that is well for one I didn't know when to stop and I chose not to even if I did because I wanted that I wanted the excuse to sometimes be able to be sick and that is it is okay I'm not saying it's okay to have a scapegoat forever but you can't expect yourself to go into recovery and instantly just get rid of all those thoughts and the need for control you can't it's just not going to happen so that took quite a lot of work that was probably the second hardest for me after regular eating I had to really delve deep into triggers and things that have happened in my past and why I needed to feel like I had control or why I didn't like to feel vulnerable and feel drunk so that took a that might have actually took the longest and then after you've done all those steps you go into kind of your conclusion which then again do kind of slightly overview so it's again then learning to love yourself a little bit maintaining and I'm not sure what the last one was but it's just kind of you feel like you're winding down a bit and all through this all of these sections have chapters within a book and graphs and example um what are they called example oh no my head has absolutely gone to mashed potato oh food diaries <laughs> they have example food diaries and just graphs of people's weight and things so that you can kind of visualize what you're meant to be doing and if you get stuck like even now sometimes I will reread a chapter if I just feel like I need a bit of reminding so you're not just kind of told to go away and work on regular eating you are given the t- like the tools to be able to do that and the support and all through all of this you are having weekly sessions they probably if it's anything like mine as you go through them as you get towards the end they might make them then like once every two weeks and in the end I did once a month for maybe three months at the end because that is the working on maintaining so you've got to they don't like to just work you through it wait till you're healthy and then let you go because for some people the end of relationships or the end of things can be a trigger and they kind of do do quite a lot of work on that to make sure that you're ready to do it on your own and 
be comfortable for that connection to be cut and like all those things so that you're not going to feel abandoned or anything and then eventually you have your last appointment which was very mixed feelings for me because I really liked the woman that I worked with I'd spent a year near enough speaking to her like once a week or once every two weeks she'd she knew every detail about me things that I'd never spoke to people about before and I know now I speak about it literally on Spotify and Instagram but at that time I was such a private person I would not even tell my mum if I went to the doctor with a cold I hated anyone talking about me feeling unwell I just I hated it so I had so much trust in this woman but I was also so so excited I have never ever felt self-pride like hearing her say you are being discharged and I knew it was potentially going to be my last appointment because again she prepared me for that she said obviously if all is well this will probably be your last one the next time we speak and I felt like all had been well so I was prepared but it was amazing and I came off that phone call and I literally ran to I had a boyfriend then by this time um, I ran to him and to my mum and was like, it's my last one, I'm literally healthy and I'm pretty sure I said I'm a fully qualified eater because <laughs> that's what I felt like I'd done. I felt like I'd done a course on how to actually eat and to be alive help, like, healthfully. So in a brief overview of is, is recovery worth it, honestly nothing is more worth it in the whole entire world. I would not have anything I have now without my recovery and I'm not going to tell you it's easy because it's really not but there are the reward compared to the struggle is not even comparable there's no comparison it's like comparing dirt and diamonds there's just it gives you you back I felt like I was gaining Caitlin back that I didn't know I'd lost you start to become your eating disorder voice and you don't realize it it starts to become all of who you are and as you go along in your recovery the actual you starts to shine through again and you start to enjoy doing things and it's not all about like I, oh, I feel fat today I can't enjoy my day or how many calories are in that you gain you and since then I have the healthiest relationship I've ever been in I have a job I've always wanted I truly enjoy and can see my future within I have such a healthy relationship with my family and my friends and I'm making plans and my anxiety is halved if not probably actually even less probably down like 200% and I still have it and I still sometimes have toxic eating disorder thoughts that is also normal but I have a life, I have a future and I just don't think there is a price on that. It was a solid year and it wasn't a struggle the whole time. It really wasn't, but it was work. But I don't think there's anything, anything in the world I wouldn't have done 
or wouldn't do again in the future to get back to where I am now if I was at the place I was before I started because eating disorder Caitlin did not have a future her future was completely wrapped up in just them continuous disordered behaviour and now you can't, I just don't think you can put a price on happiness or health no job is worth it, no relationship is worth it nothing, nothing, nothing is worth your personal happiness and your personal health and I truly believe anyone can get that with the right tools and the right people anyone can have those things in life and everyone deserves those things in life and that can sometimes be the hardest so I hope that gave a bit more of an overview into what my recovery was like my recovery was for bulimia when I first went to my appointments I was I think I was within the healthy weight range or however they categorize that just I think I was a couple of pound over and then I lost maybe three or four pound at the start of my recovery because of obviously it does trigger you and it can make you a little bit worse but then I ended my recovery pretty much exactly the same weight so still in the healthy weight range and again if that's something that worries people it is more common than not to end your recovery the same weight if you've gone in for bulimia obviously if you go in for other disorders or you are underweight I do think they will they do encourage you to gain weight but again it's guided it's when you're ready so it's important to go in with the open mind that you are not losing anything you can only gain and you are still in control it is your recovery no one can make it theirs it's yours so yeah i hope that helped if anyone does have any other questions or wants me to do like go into anything else a bit more you're welcome to ask on my instagram choose happy not hungry um but yeah so i hope you all have a beautiful day so much love to all of you and yeah thank you for listening bye angels